0: Everything we do, we try to communicate. And, and that's something, because you, you were saying, well, you, it's better for your bag to carry, a, you know, a lighter bag of arc light rather than, you know, a very heavy bag of gravel. But if you think that for every bag you're using, you're deviating one bag of plastic from the environment, it's a way to make people participate actively
1: on the, on the solution. So that was a clip from my interview with Sebastian. He is the CEO and founder of Arclight. Arclight is doing some incredible work all across North America and has the roots based in Argentina where they set out to solve the problem of plastics rotting in landfills, but never really decomposing. And it's just an incredible story how they're removing ocean plastics and transforming that into a gardening gravel that is eco-friendly, it's super versatile, and this is a really interesting story where you can hear from Sebastian about his entrepreneurial journey and how he's been able to overcome adversity and really shine with growing his team and finding people that can support him who he can rely on. And so I think that a lot of people can learn from this, not only when it comes to the entrepreneurial journey, but also how can you effectively manage a team when you are facing issues that seem insurmountable, such as, of course, the big one in the room, the COVID pandemic. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you haven't yet, feel free to subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, or wherever it is that you are listening into your podcast. This is your host, Alex Leonard. Thank you so much, Sebastian. I am here Today and I'm so happy to have you on the Sustainable Kind, and we're talking about ArcLight Smart Gravel. So ArcLight, you are a recycling technology company, and you're building the next generation of sustainable building materials. You guys are doing some amazing work. It's a new green technology, and it's really taking the recycling industry by storm. Where you're doing an insane amount of plastic. This can be used as a green construction gravel. It's uh, cheaper it's a 10 times better insulator it's three times lighter than your traditional mineral gravel of course it's eco-friendly this solution sounds amazing so i just want to hear from you maybe in your own words um a summary of how you came up with the idea for arc light and yeah just a, a quick recap from yourself as to the the product that we're describing um about today
0: Well, hey, Alex. First, thanks for having me here and for the great intro. I couldn't have done it better myself. And Just uh, as a quick recap, we at ArcLight developed technologies to tackle the problem of plastic pollution. So we have come to a, a process that takes the up to now unrecyclable plastics and turn them into building materials and our first material the first product it's uh, an artificial gravel and we call it smart gravel because because it's a unique product it's long lasting it's as you were saying three times lighter than mineral gravel it's a great insulator and for every ton or at least every pound of this gravel that you're using you're deviating one pound or one ton of gravel from the environment because it's a hundred percent made from these materials that we're rescuing from the landfill.
1: Incredible. I love to hear that. And I love success stories like this that are taking such a a simple uh, product that is such a systemic problem and flipping it on its head. And so I want to ask you moved to the U.S. uh, in early 2020, you're originally from Argentina. Can you talk to me about where you're from originally and that transition? And I know you had a few hiccups along the way. So just uh, where are you now? Where did you come from? And what was that process like originally coming into to uh, the US? So I, yeah, so I
0: travel. I remember traveling to the US before. I mean, I I came several times, and, and while I was kind of designing the facility and and the, the project, but I moved with my family in March of 2020, and like two or three days after all the borders were closed due to COVID, and all that COVID crisis just you know exploded, and half of my team actually half of my team was coming with me, so. The whole thing was, you know, stuck in Argentina. They couldn't fly, and and we had all these equipment coming from all across the world, from Europe, from China, huge heavy machinery that I have contributed to design. But of course, we needed, you know, a lot of a lot of people to put it together, to assemble it, and and to make it work. So I found myself uh, on a forty thousand square foot facility with seven shipping containers of. Of machinery that I had to assemble with a whole new team and yeah definitely it was a challenge it was fun it was stressful I had much more hair at that point than what I have now (laughs) Um, but it's part of being an entrepreneur you know it's like we 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 we're entrepreneurs we're made of this and 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 it turned from one of the more most complicated times in, in my in my working life and turn into a great story that now you know I can proudly tell and it helped me build a whole new team from scratch that now it's a a team I'm I'm really proud of. So you know things happen because it's something and and that's now part of our part of our story. So it's it's great.
1: Yeah I have to hand it to you. Passion that you faced some adversity moving to the U. S. Right as COVID was happening, you know, and as, as most people maybe were shutting down, and you were ramping up your production and taking on this global problem uh, head on. So uh, kudos to yourself, kudos to your whole team. That sounds like you're doing some amazing work. One of the other questions then that I have is understanding the product that you have, Arclight, can you talk to me about who is your, who is your biggest uh, consumer that you're, that you've been selling to? So we, this gravel, smart gravel that we're producing
0: is, um, it's oriented to different markets And, and we have, I would say, three main markets right now. One is the construction industry where the ground can be used to replace mineral gravel in the concrete mix to produce lighter, lightweight concretes. The other application is to replace gravel on um, landscaping projects. So it's used as a drainage layer for, for like French drain, green rooftops. So it's used mostly by landscaper or lead architects. And the third, Big application. It's for let's say more home users and for small gardening projects like you know repotting or hydroponics, where you, we replace or, or people replaces expanded clay, which is a growth medium for hydroponics. For has been for the past who knows how many years. Now we're bringing a new product that replaces that expanded clay, but it's clean, so you don't have to wash it. It's reusable. The it it doesn't have it doesn't uh, attract any pests, so so the water stays clean and you can you know grow better on that uh on under on, on that medium. So as you can see, very diverse the markets, and that's because of the of the type of product, which is uh, a commodity. So the very different applications.
1: Amazing, yeah, so exciting to hear from you, Sebastian, about the work that you're doing and. I know in a previous role before moving to the US, you had worked within a magazine, working in publication, you've worked in uh, photography uh, in the past. And so you definitely have this entrepreneurial spirit. You've you know had your own uh, difficulties as we all do. Where do you think that entrepreneurial spirit comes from? Is that within your family? Uh, somebody else, or is that just something you've always been passionate about? Well, you know, that's that's something I I always think about and try to
0: to find what what was the origin of of that um, of my entrepreneurial spirit, and uh, I I don't know of anyone in my family being you know launching their own projects. Um, uh, but I, what I do, what I do know is that, you know, my, like my father, he used to fix stuff. He used to, you know, study and, and, and get involved with new things every time. And, and so I think he triggered my curiosity for, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, to, you know, discover new things. And that's why for many years I worked as a photographer. I travel around the world, uh, working as a photographer. I work in communications. I run a magazine. Um, you know, I, I had a, a an environmental consultancy agency, and now I'm, I'm working. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm turning to a, an industrial guy, which was far from what I could ever imagine. So I think I, I don't like uh, I like challenges. I don't like getting bored. So this is a this is our best play for that. <laughs>
1: Amazing. Yeah. That's, that's interesting to hear about how from a young age and throughout your professional career, this is, it's been embodied within you through your different passions. And I, I have to add, we were speaking about it prior to starting uh, the interview and that is the market expansion that you're seeing with Arclight as a smart gravel, moving to more of a, a business to consumer through distribution channels like Amazon, Home Depot, and other places of that nature. So talk to me if, say, I'm a homeowner who is eco-conscious or eco conscientious how would this product apply to me and where could I use it? Like I'm thinking in the garden, for instance, maybe within uh, other spaces, within potted plants, but yeah, maybe you can share a bit of insights on how everyday consumers can take application.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to tell you how we, how I use it at, at my place and and that's, by learning from you know the, the, the happy users that we have that like to share their their projects with us, and one of the main concerns for people loving plants or at least liking plants is overwatering, right? Or underwater, and usually mm-hmm. because you don't want to underwater, you overwater your plants, and most you know they end up dying because of root rot, or you start seeing you know those those brown spots on the leaves, so one of the things you can do for that is set a layer of gravel at the bottom of raised garden beds or, or pots that will allow the water to drain freely out of the pot. So you can water as much as you want and then the water won't accumulate in the soil because it will have like a free um, outlet. And then, so that that's one of the things I use at home. And, and the other thing is if you if you think about it the other way, if you put it as a topping, like think of it like mulch, right? You will be preserving the moisture. So once you once you water your plants, that layer of gravel on the top will keep the moisture in. And because mm. it's it's not like mulch it will start breaking down, this will it's it's a layer that will you know hold there for, for many, many years. Of course, you can re- you know use it when repotting in, in new plants. So those are two applications, and then the other thing that I started a new project. I started recently is hydroponics, right? So okay. using it as a growth medium where the plants hold from the gravel while while they grow, and that's something I'm trying out because it keeps you know all the pests away, like ants and things that eat your plants regularly. Because the plants are in water, then your you know they grow without um, being Menaced by by these <laughs> by these insects.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. I know that like sometimes I'll use like uh, like larger rocks, essentially gravel, right? Um, sometimes you know I get it from my local beach or that kind of thing. But this is a, a more eco friendly. That's not breaking the law or anything right? Like this is a great product. You're helping an amazing uh, company such that you're running. So I think that this is a really useful application where it's going to last longer. As we talked about, it's more energy efficient. It's lighter. You're not breaking your back, bringing home this from like Home Depot. That's awesome. And I want to talk more about the plastic problem because plastic, especially within Canada, has been a huge uh, topic of concern. Canada, of course, just launched the the ban on single-use plastics. But that, again, is only for uh, plastics sold. We're still able to export plastics. When we talk about why this is such an issue, it's almost insurmountable to, to realize how big of a problem this is. And so, why do you think that you gravitated towards plastic versus using a different material right like what was that rationale
0: well the thing with plastics and with everything that it's with with any other problem that is that big is that it's difficult to really picture it and understand how bad it is because you're saying 350 million tons and no one has we have no idea how much that is right mm-hmm. so then you have like these new stats where there's like one truckload of plastic dumped to the ocean every x amount of seconds right but that how much is that in the ocean but then you get to know that that breaks down into microplastics that it gets into the food and then you end up eating one plastic you know one one plastic Card of plastic, you know, every week is something like that, you know, like a credit card, the equivalent to a credit card of plastic every week. So um, I think the the good thing about uh, working in, in, in this problematic is that we are not only helping the environment and, and preserving the environment, but we are also creating or trying to create some positive, positive impact on people, right? And usually the lower the lower the income the more people is uh, in contact with you know these these sources of water polluted sources of water so we like to think that we are not only uh, helping the environment but we also have this uh, other uh, vertical where we are trying to generate some social impact and at the th- at the same time Everything we do, we try to communicate and and that's something because you you were saying, well you it's better for your bag to carry a you know a lighter bag of artite rather than you know a very heavy bag of gravel. but if you think that for every bag you're using, you're deviating one bag of plastic from the environment, it's a way to make people participate actively on the on the solution and also building the awareness because, Anyone will say, you know, you meet a friend and you're going to tell him, you know what, this, I went to Home Depot, I went to, uh, bought it on Amazon and there's plastic gravel. Can you imagine that? And, and they, they made it from this plastic, which should have ended up in a landfill. So we like to create that ripple effect. And, and, and that's a good thing about this, about plastics being such a generating, you know, such a big, uh, controversy. And, and you know, and everybody's talking about plastic. So, so that's why we are addressing that.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love to hear that. And it sounds like Arclight's doing some amazing work. And I maybe just want to turn a bit to understand more about the logistics. You were mentioning that for your team, there's eight people, there's five in the office three on the floor and you're looking at even expanding creating a second operation on the east coast you're based in the oc uh just under la and the demand i'm sure is increasingly growing so what are you seeing right now thinking on like a macro scale in terms of a demand for your product I don't know if you can talk about your expansion plans, but where do you see yourself growing in three years? How does Arclight fit into the shifting uh, consumer request for companies to do more for the environment? How do you plan to establish yourself as one of the leaders for uh, eco-efficient gravel?
0: Well, we want to keep growing the retail market because... As I was saying, we we like to promote that, that awareness, and and we think that's a good way of you know reaching, for example, in the U.S. reaching all the all the different states because mm-hmm. we can ship you know small bags across the country. But the long term plans are to close and or keep working on the deals we're we're working with. Uh, larger or, or large construction industries large um commercial hydroponic growers where they're using you know they, they use thousands of cubic yards a year and that's where we see you know the, the big potential of of solving the plastic crisis and because usually these big companies are local because this is designed to be a, a circular local solution, because we want to we want to take the local plastics and turn it into a product that can be used locally. The next phase would be expanding through licensing, licensing our technology to the East Coast the Midwest and hopefully Latin America, and Europe, so mm. that big players that are already, um, I mean, dominating, or at least are experts in their markets, they can incorporate this technology to add value to what they're already doing. And so that's, that's kind of the plan for, for the future.
1: And I hope that you see continued success and, and growth. And if there's anything that I can do through this podcast and through sharing this, I'm glad to have played a small role in your larger vision. And so uh, coming, coming close to wrapping things up here, uh, it's just a few more questions that I'd, I'd love to ask you. If people want to learn more about Arclight, if they want to learn more about your story What's the best way for them to connect with you? Where can they find out about uh, your the work that you're doing? Where can they buy the product, whether as a business or as an individual consumer? Yeah, pass it to you. So the easiest way it's Googling
0: light, That's A-R-Q-L-I-T-E. And you'll find a lot of um. Like like press coverage because of the great story that we're able to tell on both sides, right? We're a we're a recycling technology company, the company that ended up doing or, or making construction materials, but our our real expertise is in in processing this complex plastic. So you'll see more of our story there, and then you can find us at Home Depot. You can find us find us on Amazon. Now we're running a crowdfunding campaign because we also wanted to get, you know, uh, open this uh, opportunity to to the normal people. So we're running a, a crowdfunding campaign on WeFunder so you can own a part of this technology and a part of this, this story. So yeah, we're all, all over the place. You just Google our client and, you, and you'll see us uh, in, the, in, the, in, in, in a few
1: Google pages. Okay, I'll include some links to some of my the news articles that I saw that kind of gave me um, a bit more. And I'll include some links where people can buy the product as well in the show notes. A uh, few more questions quickly. Was there anything we didn't get a chance to talk about? Maybe you want to expand on the crowdfunder campaign, but anything that we kind of came in you wanted to share we haven't grazed on yet? I would say oh, this is something
0: very, very new. It's a development that we got to, let's say, Uh, less than four weeks ago and we have because i was telling you we're a technology company or at least we want to we want to keep developing solutions for for the plastics we got to a new process that is now allowing us to turn all these unrecyclable plastics into new pellets or or you know small parts of plastic that can be used to produce new plastic products so Mm -hmm. instead of making gravel that goes to a complete different industry, we can also now offer these pellets to plastic manufacturers that want to have most more post-consumer plastic and recycled plastics in their products. And this is great because any any plastic manufacturer doing polypropylene, polyethylene or 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 any plastic can use our material as source of you know, uh, uh, a renewable or or at least a recycle um, raw material for their new products. Wow.
1: That's, yeah, that's really interesting that that kind of opens up a a huge potential, where anyone as you accurately mentioned, could use that plastic uh, in in those diverse ways. And it's upcycled essential other plastic that is creating a bit of a circular economy. That's really cool. But if you had a, a wand that you could wave and create one shift around the world for a more environmental future, what would that request or what would that action or movement be that you would hope to see be made?
0: Hmm. That's hard. Um, I think, I think it's all at least on the, on the sustainability environment and, and all this we've been referring to, it's all about awareness. So if I would like to like ask for a wish is that everybody would be more connected to everything that's happening, uh, to, to their health, to their environment, to, to the future of their kids. To everything, the more connected you are, the more responsible you become and the more you decide to become proactive and we know the new generations, the kids you know I've been hearing the new generations since I was a new generation, and we can't keep waiting for the kids to you know grow up and mm. start separating the trash. We need to do it now and and I think the best way is that be connected to the problem and be part of the solution.
1: That's kind of sad <laughs> that like you are here, I'm still hearing that. You're like, yeah, these, this next generation, it's like, all right, when is this generation going to do it then? You know, when is that going to happen? So, no, but I appreciate you sharing that with me, Sebastian. Uh, and yeah, I just want to say thanks again. And I commend you and the amazing work that you and the team at Arclight are doing. You, uh, for a, a small team, you're making a mighty difference. So keep on uh, creating massive waves of, of change and I'm so happy to have the opportunity to share more of your story.
0: Thank you very much, Alex. It's been a pleasure and, and thanks for everyone listening.
1: I hope that you enjoyed that episode of This Sustainable Kind. Thank you so much again, Sebastian, for coming on and speaking with me and to everyone listening. I know that I haven't put out an episode in a little while, but I'm always working on planning more behind the show and building more of the back end. So thanks for your patience. This is definitely a continued direction that I wanna go. Um, And so I hope that you enjoyed the occasional episode that you get as I work to continue to ramp it up in the coming months. And if you're not yet, make sure to follow the Sustainable Kind Show on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Those are the two biggest platforms where I'm most active. Appreciate you listening in back to the Sustainable Kind show. And if you haven't yet, go check out the first two episodes and be prepared as the summer winds down. I'm going to slowly be ramping up production and sharing more and more episodes. So thanks so much. Again, I really appreciate your time listening in. We are Sustainable Media. This is Alex Leonard, host of the Creative Kind podcast and owner of the creative company Ale Media. My business specializes in videos, mural paintings, and illustrations. From working as a radio DJ, journalist, illustrator, painter, and now video editor, I've worn many creative hats. So visit alexleonardmedia.com to work together.